Hey everyone, it's April and Steven. Uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about this podcast before we start. And then I also wanted to give you a quick update on our handbooks. So this podcast we did with our panel, uh, we did, I think it was last week, and um, the audio is not the greatest. Uh, and we realize our audio could be better in general. And so uh, after this one though, we just said, okay, we're done. Um, and so I purchased a new system. Hopefully this will give us better audio. And um, we're also gonna use headphones when we have guests on. I hate headphones, but uh, we're here for you and we want these to be uh, good. So this should improve our audio going forward. Yeah, so we chose to go ahead and air this podcast because we had a really good discussion with our panel on back-to-school issues, and I really wanted to share it with you guys. I didn't want to have to wait and try to, you know, re-record it at another time, so, it, you know, it is what it is, so hopefully you can take from it um, what you can, and, you know, if you... There's some it, echoing with the guests. I mean, it's just a little echoing with the guests. It's not a, it's not a huge deal, but it's not the quality that we really want, want to put out. Forward, yeah. So. so, yeah, so, and as we, we uh, stated on, uh, if anyone saw us on Facebook Live at the time, um, of uh, recording this, we um, will not be doing live podcasts for a few weeks until we get the new until system. we get the new system set yeah. up. But we will continue to be um, airing new podcasts, new uh, content every Friday here at the place that you listen <laughs> to yes. our podcast. Absolutely. Um, so definitely continue um, coming back every Friday to. Uh, see our new episodes and um, in a few weeks uh, you'll hopefully hear even better quality audio on the podcast moving yeah, forward yeah, so yeah so then, so thank you for thank you so much for uh you know for listening and for being here and for being patient with us as we work through this and we really hope that you enjoy uh today's podcast on back to school uh, but one more quick message before yes. we uh before we play that uh steven yes so we have uh completed our handbook updates so just so uh, you know, we, we provide handbooks to our ABA business owner customers, um, and part of purchasing those handbooks is that you get free updates. So we have completed our first update of 2023, and those are available. So just please log into your account on our website, 3pisquared.com. Um, and if you haven't created your account yet, so if you're like an older customer uh, from you know before 2020, uh, you will have to create your account. Just use the e the email that you use to purchase your handbooks with, um, and then you'll gain access to those downloads. Uh, and then the last thing, if you are just creating your account for the first time. Uh, you will get a verification email. Please check your junker spam because it does go there. Uh, so that will speed things up. And that's it. Um, we are about to release our YouTube channel and we're going to be shooting out a bunch of reels. Yay. Yeah, we have so, lots of fun uh, things. Yeah, there so. are lots of coming up. And then we have a lot more guests coming up too uh, shortly. So. Yeah. Uh, all good stuff and again like hopefully our sound quality will improve here in the next couple of weeks 
Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's all we got. So all right. So now you can enjoy the listen back to, to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. See ya. Hi, my name is Stephen. Hi, I'm April. This is the Three Pi Squared ABA Business Leaders Podcast, where we discuss topics on how to create and grow an ethical and sustainable ABA practice. Together, Stephen and I owned a seven-figure ABA practice that provided both clinic and in-home services. Three Pi Squared has helped over 900 ABA practices start up and expand with our comprehensive products and services geared specifically to ABA. Now, let's get to the podcast. So, let's get started. So, everybody, today we have um, three of our BCBA business owner panelists here. We have Mallory and Derek and Robin. Um, Should we do a quick introduction? Um, I'll let you continue. Yeah, we'll just do like a really quick introduction of, of each of you, but now that we've gotten on a nice monthly routine. I'm sure some people have have already met you, but let's just go ahead and do a quick introduction. I can go first. I'm Mallory. Um, I have a small practice in um, based out of Puyallup, Washington. I'm Derek Tony. I also have a small clinic uh, up here in Washington. I'm Robin, um, and I have a practice in the Atlanta area um, that serves in-home and center-based clients and community. Great. Thanks, guys. So today's topic, we're going to talk about back to school. And, um, you know, it's that time of year. And I, you know, I'm sure as in everyone else um, who has school aged children of their own, um, or you have you serve the population who are going back to school, um, or you're just on social media, and you're seeing all the back to school commercials and posts and pictures already as some people across the states have already gone back to school. Um, we th- I thought, why not talk about this in the view, uh, like from the perspective of uh, a business owner, an ABA um, business owner, and um, how it impacts business, and also how it, um, you know, what challenges come up, and how we can support staff and clients and families during this time. I know personally, um, you know, I've been in like the education field for years and years, and so it's like, for me, September, like back to school is like more of a new year than January is because I just, that's kind of how my life revolves around a school year. And I'm sure most of you guys as business owners, um, whether you have school age kids or not, are in that same boat. So I'm just going to pose like the first question, um, you know, how does this time of year impact your business? I think the first thing that probably on everyone's mind if they run a business or they work at a business uh, in ABA or where they work with kids is, is obviously scheduling. That's For me, that is uh, the most um, stress-inducing part of back to school. There's a lot of different features, things that happen, uh, but scheduling becomes really challenging uh, because obviously, well, for one, we, we stopped shifting schedules in the summer. Every family wanted to change schedules in the summer just for that time period, and they wanted to change them all, you know, dramatically again in the fall. Um, and we did have this year we, we stopped doing that because it was absolute chaos. Um, but trying to find, you know, up here in Washington, I don't know how normal this is, uh, but typically parents don't know their exact school schedule for their kids until about three days before the school year starts. So there is no planning. There is no preparation. There is no, it's not the parents' fault. The schools do not let them know. You know, if we're talking about preschools where it could be the morning or the afternoon, 
or exactly what time they're going to be getting out after school. Um, so schools do not let parents know that until we've had it be, you know, the Friday before they start on Monday. And so we'll get a flood of emails on Friday. We have to change everything. So scheduling, uh, I could go on and on about it, but that's obviously the most stressful part for us. There's other things, but that's, that's the big hitter. I think just transitioning from summer to school schedule time frame, like we, we, we also do what you said, like we stopped um, allowing all the flip flops in the schedule and switching to morning sessions and, and things like that. We have a little bit of flexibility, but we try our best to try and keep it the same because if, um, if a, an afternoon therapist switches to the mornings and then has their afternoons over they and they fill the slot with another client, then they might lose that afternoon slot, you know, if we did that. So that, that was a fix that was helpful, I think. Um, we try and proactively plan things, at least finding out which kids are going to be going to public school and what their schedules are, um, just in general, like what time the elementary school is to get out, what time, you know, their, their age public school gets out. You can look at the school calendars, um, online, they're publicly posted. Um, so we know when they're starting school, when they have school breaks, when they have fall breaks, we try and plan for all that stuff ahead of time as much as possible. And, you know, a lot of times, um, like by like May of the previous school year, we'll, we'll know which kids are transitioning out of daycares and going to public school or which ones kid, which kids plan to go to a private school or homeschool or stay home for the first year and then start kindergarten a year late. So we, we try and proactively plan, like knowing this therapist is going to lose their morning client because the kid's going to school. We try and proactively fill their slots if we can before school starts so they're not out that time frame. Every once in a while, you'll have parents that are kind of wishy-washy and struggle to make a decision about schooling um, until they see what the public school is going to present them with as far as an option, as far as um, services and IEPs and if they like it or not. And if they don't like it, rather than trying to work with the school, sometimes they're just like, okay, I'm just going to pull out and homeschool or I'm going to pull them out and get them in this private school kind of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to perfectly plan, but we do the things that we can and definitely like the first two weeks of school like you're expecting your kid to be home for, at like 2 30 but they don't get home until 3 30 because the bus was an hour late like our even for my own children like my son especially his bus was more than an hour late in the morning and in the afternoon um getting home the first two weeks of school so that was kind of hard to train and I, and I know it was hard for other families too but it's just a weird transition that you know some things you can plan for and some you can't I definitely think um, for us, so as soon as I roll out the schedule for the summer, which I don't change a lot, but sometimes we do, you know, it's a good transition of like when new um, clients are starting, but I also make sure like um, parents understand this is not just like you're not signing your child up for ABA just during the summer and then expecting it to change in the fall because I, I just don't, I can't function like that knowing that like, oh, I'm going to give you three months of services. And, you know, I mean, we have an ethical, you know, concern there too, because like, um, we might just be getting into kind of the nitty gritty and then summer's going to end. So as soon as I roll out the summer schedule, I'm already working on the fall schedule. It just never, you know, just never ends. Um, so I do think that the scheduling, you know, always poses some complications, um, and challenges. Um, I think one of the other things that I try really hard to start preparing, um, is that I set like, Summer, you know, summer schedule is over on August 25th. So I like set a date specifically. And then I try to start the school year schedule on a specific day, typically a, a week to two weeks in advance of when I know school is probably going to start, right, within variance. Um, and then I do start to work on encouraging the parents to get their children back into a routine. So when the child gets picked up from the bus, you know, in or, you know, picked up in the morning, 
from with the bus, it's like, okay, well, I had a client who was having to get up at 545 in the morning to get onto the bus. And it was like, okay, but all summer he's been sleeping in until eight because he didn't have session till 830. And so it was just like, we really do have to prepare the kiddos for that. So, you know, encouraging the parents, like, I know it's going to be hard, but just start setting, you know, bedtime back, you know, Mm -hmm. earlier, 30 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day so that by the time school starts, you know, they are in a little bit better rhythm. Um, and then if there are any switches as well, the kiddo, you know, starts to get prepared for like, okay, well, I'm going to have school in the morning and then I'm going to have ABA instead of, you know, ABA in the morning and then, you know, go to school or if they're just starting school, right. Then it's like this full day of services. I don't know. I think I've seen a lot of success in some families who have, you know, gotten on board and done it. And then I've, seen you know not success when when they have it and then the first couple of weeks are really difficult for the child I mean kids are falling asleep during session and we're having to end session early you know those kind of things is like uh like you know I really try to encourage the parents you know as best as I can to, to implement that but I mean I think that trying to do it a couple of weeks before school starts has really you know it has helped and it's also helped support the techs as well so that they kind of know like in the midst of the chaos of school starting and us maybe having to, you know, shift like 30 minutes here and there um, because we do run a block schedule. We've already worked out those kinks before the kids go to actual school. So we can have some flexibility. Cal Medical Billing is comprised of experienced medical billers and coders who specialize in ABA billing. Founded by a team of professionals who have worked as staff billers for multiple agencies, CalMed strives to provide a level of service and communication that feels like your own in-house team without the costs and worries that come with having employees. They offer billing and credentialing services with no term contracts and have served ABA clients across multiple states for nearly a decade. Call 213-277-7999 or visit their website at www.calmedbilling.org to set up a free consultation. Yeah, some of those the changes with school starting. Um, yeah, we have this scheduling kind of you know chaos. But then, honestly, probably all of my therapists they're they're actually pretty excited about the kids going back to school. We kind of know that that scheduling is going to be really rough. But the majority of our families that we work with, um, there's a stay at home parent, and so I, I think that you know in the summer we get to observe how that change in routine, how dramatic that is for families. We have kids in after-school sessions that are still that'll show up in their pajamas, um, and they'll just be getting out of bed around one, two p.m. Uh, they're six, seven years old, you know. Um, and then you have all this junk, uh, all this stuff that that pops up, uh, where we see changes in behavior, like some kids like aggression, you know, some changes in behavior that we haven't seen in years, and it, it's all from this routine. Uh, and you know, Mallory talking about preparing families for that. That is a struggle. That is difficult. Um, and I don't have a solution right now to where I can try to, I'm trying to tell parents like, hey, summer's getting ready to come. Please don't let your life completely crumble um, from underneath you. I haven't seen it not happen yet, but uh, kids are coming in. They have, you know, wearing the same clothes that were yesterday. They don't have any food. You don't have any snack. And it's just, it's a complete disaster. And then so we have this big mess where like the, our clients don't act 
remotely close to the same person that they were when they were in school. So that's hard. We have to change programming. We have to bring in a lot of maintenance stuff. We have to pull back on a lot of working targets um, because they're, uh, you know, their ability to stay on task for extended periods of time plummets in the summer. Their communication typically plummets because they're not communicating a whole lot throughout their day outside of session. So Mallory, that, that's a, it's a great idea of like, how do you get parents to kind of pick back up on that routine or hopefully maintain something, anything uh, during the summer. I don't have the solution for that, but that we feel a big clinical uh, effect in the summer, like a really big one, not just scheduling issues, but we don't know who we're going to see every day in the summer. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that, you know, that those are all really good points. And I'm wondering if like, I know this is not necessarily back to school, but in the whole prep of the summer to then be able to be ready for back to school. Like, I wonder how appropriate it would be for us to add in like short term parenting goals for that transitionary period from the end of school to summer from summer to I mean, because that could depending on I know the authorization period doesn't line up perfectly, but looking, yeah. you know, like having it as a parent goal in there putting it on holes when need be, but even using it as transitions during like, you know, Christmas break or, you know, December mm -hmm. winter break, you know, yeah. um, kind of giving parents some of those tools and even just being aware of it to start that conversation, like of how to handle transitions. Um, so those are like really brilliant ideas you guys bring up. And utilizing like, um, we've done it where you utilize, um, creating like visual schedules for the parents during the summer, like for them to have some structured things or have the kids be able to make choices in their tasks, do a little bit of table time type activities to prepare if the kid's going to be starting for school for the first time, even if it's just like coloring at the table, um, doing puzzles at the table with mom, um, attending while the, you know, parent or therapist is reading a book, you know, and pointing to pictures and things. They'll have stuff like circle time and things like that. Um, and a lot of our kids, when they transition to school, they have a hard time sitting and attending to activities for longer periods of time. So, I mean, that's one thing that can help. Um, and then also, like, if the kid struggles with potty training and they're transitioning into a public school or they're transitioning into a preschool where in order for the child to be in that classroom, they have to, you know, be potty trained um, for that particular classroom environment or they'd be, you know, put down to a different level of classroom. Um, so a lot of times in the summer, we'll kind of proactively get the parents involved with utilizing that time that they have if they do have extra time to focus on that kind of thing to prepare them. We'll work on like morning and nighttime routines that can be part of the parent training goals that they can follow to try and help them proactively, you know, get better sleeping habits. You know, certain families really struggle with putting themselves to bed and then going to bed at reasonable times. They might be used to like staying up with friends until one in the morning and, you know, or, you know, and just not and just not being in bed like we have that trouble too with certain families currently um like morning sessions are a real hard time for certain families that don't get their kids to bed and then don't go to bed at a reasonable time so just trying to help them prepare with healthy habits overall is a good thing to do yeah and i'll let you know that we actually have like a sleep specialist she's a bcba mm -hmm. um and she's going to be on as a guest in september so um, be on the lookout for that because um, she has a lot of really great ideas of how to help families incorporate, you know, like looking at the family culture and systems to incorporate, yeah. incorporate those routines. Yes. Well, so 
What about like staff, right? Because I think that supporting staff during these transitions as a business owner um, can be equally or if not more challenging in some ways. And that is something that um, as being their employer, we do have even more control over the systems that we have in place during that time. Do you guys have anything um, in place to help support staff during the summer transition into the school year? No, uh, but I really, really need it. Um, because that's the thing, like we've talked about the scheduling chaos, uh, and, you know, uh, Robin and Mallory talked about some, um, you know, shifting with people's schedules for like their morning client might be gone and stuff like that. To me, I think that one of the greatest contributors, at least in, in our system, like how, how my little clinic runs, the thing that contributes most to, uh, burnout and just stress of the uh, clinician is scheduling changes yeah. inconsistent scheduling you know whether it's call outs changes last minute changes all that even though their job stays relatively the same meaning they're doing the same thing there's something about this jerking around throughout the summer because we got vacation and then moving back into school that for me it always feels like we're i'm on eggshells where i'm like at any point and then also we're dealing with a lot more behavior in the summer because this is the first you know public setting a kid's seen in a few weeks um first time they've gotten off their couch and so we're seeing a ton of behavior and then there's this extra layer of weight just people knowing that schedule changes and there's some unpredictability to it um so for me it's always like this on thin ice period uh, going back to school where i really need to step up um i'll, I'll say that like I've been buying a lot more lunches for people, um, <laughs> buying gift cards for people a whole lot. Uh, and for people that haven't canceled, I went around and I was like, hey, you know, you need to take some time off once the back to school time has settled. You know, some of my like pillars, the people that are there every single day, um, you have taken the weight for other people when they're out. So, and these are people that typically wouldn't take time off. And I'm like, you, you kind of need to. Um, and we'll schedule it so that it doesn't stress everyone else out, but like really prioritizing. I went to, I've been going to Costco once a month and just getting whatever freaking snacks I could. I just started buying hundreds of Red Bulls so that they can have as much Red Bull for free as they want. And so I'm really beefing up those types of things uh, in in what I do for them because I know that they need it. I think that um, one of the things when school ends, it's always, it's always on a random day, like a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always like, especially in Washington, I don't know in other States, but like, I'm always like, what in the world? And it's always like half days from like Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, and then school ends on Thursday. And I'm like, and I was a teacher before. So I, I do feel like I have a little bit of like authority to say this. It's like, you don't get a lot done. You just don't get a lot done during those days. And so there's sometimes where I'm like, why, you know, why are we doing this? But, um, I, I do typically, we will take the last day of school off. And if it's on a Thursday, we will take like that Friday off. And at that time, hopefully, right. The schedules are all ready to go for the summer and everybody's already kind of like working and anticipating to like make that shift. Um, so I do think that that like small break does help in the transition to kind of reset. Um, but I, I do think that I need to do a better job of like, yeah, maybe maybe taking a week off when school is ending, right? The chaos from just like home life and school and then, you know, shifting to a new routine in the summer. It may be helpful for staff to do, you know, some time 
that last week of like, yeah, doing some maybe in-service things, um, team, you know, some team building things and, you know, and maybe some time off. I think that that probably would be good. So I definitely feel like I need to do a better job of that. I think that's the only thing that I've really had to be able to support the staff. Um, I will say though, that also that it's like summers specifically this summer has been a nightmare, but I continue to make sure that I can tell you on one hand, of like I can count on one hand, how many times I've said no to staff taking time off. So, and it's never like you can't take time off. It's that's a long time. Is there any way that we can shift the days to like, you know, it's never like, no, you absolutely cannot take the time off. So, I mean, I do feel like I'm good about upholding that throughout the summer and knowing that, I mean, families are taking vacation, you know, techs are taking vacation and, and it's just that time. It's just a busy time um, during that. So I feel like, you know, I am supportive in that way, but I definitely feel like I need to beef up a little bit of transition um, and support, transitional support for my techs, for sure. So one thing we do, like with um, clients and, and staff in the summer, so we have, um, we try and request that the parents um, give it, like we try and be proactive and ask if they have vacation planned with any school breaks or summer, like well in advance. We ask that they give us 30 days in advance notice, if possible, for vacations when they know and when they plan them um, we ask that they don't take more than two weeks off preferably um, at a time because that's two weeks but that the therapist isn't getting paid for that time window um, but if they are taking time off we try and proactively as much as possible when possible um, find clients for the staff to work with or tasks for them to do if we can come up if, the, if they want to do work or if they want to take time off too they can um, but like we try and find ways to be proactive about that so like if they if an rbt is um, under this particular BCBA or group of BCBAs that they normally work under, we'll look at their clients and if any of them are on vacations at the same time that, that, or if any of the staff are on vacations during that time and then we can let them flip-flop and sub, sub around, we can, um, if it's not too far of a drive because we do in-home services as well and in the community. But um, we try and do that when possible. Um, sometimes I have to step in and help out with that kind of task because it's um, a lot um, to do um, when we're already doing enough. <laughs> um, and I think that's helpful um, for continuity of pay and because that's a stressor for, for RBTs in our field. Um, it, it's hard, like we've done the thing where you have like a flat, P, fit, flat fee and you know guaranteed hours, but that was hard on our end financially with like all the unknowns with the you know COVID and stuff that happened back then. So we had to kind of transition out of doing that for a period of time. Um, and then um, we did switch away from like what, um, Mallory does now with the PTO for the staff. So like uh, we, we ask that you don't take off more than like, you know, five days in a row just for continuity of care for the, for the families. But if they ask for time off, we've started just giving it to them because from feedback from staff, like I think, um, I, I think what Mallory does absolutely works. Um, but we had some criticism from, from some staff that felt like um, us like asking them to change their days or, you know, denying days because we didn't have someone to fill in was um, unfair to them. You know, like if they wanted the time off, they should be able to take time off kind of thing. So, you know, we've switched how we're doing things with that. Um, and I'm hoping that helps, you know, with morale, you know, um, but, but it's hard. Like, I think our jobs are hard. I think the RBTs and BCBA jobs are hard, um, especially if you have harder, more difficult clients. Um, if you're going to a wedding, like that day is when it's going to be, you know, um, and I can't move that around, even if it's inconvenient for me. <laughs> um, and, you know, we might have some clients that get angry or we might have some, 
um, other staff that get frustrated with the process or with someone taking off. But like, if you have the time off, like we've decided as a company, like it's your time to take off and you can take off even if it sucks for us. Um, and so it's, that's been a hard thing, I think, to adjust to because financially it was hard, you know, to not have the everything more predictable um, and that worked better for us. Um, but I think that the staff overall um, has liked that if they ask for time off um, and they're able to get the time off, then we let them take it off um, without causing a fuss, um, at least to them anyway. Um, so I think that's been helpful because um, I think, you know, yeah, our jobs are hard, but their jobs are really hard too. Um, and to try and prevent burnout, um, I'm hoping that's one proactive thing that we're able to do. Um, but yeah, but yeah, some parents get mad because their RBT is taking off or, you know, and then another thing like two weeks later, their car breaks down, you know, it's like, so um, things happen. So. At Element RCM, our vision is a childhood for every child. And our mission is to strengthen all who improve the lives of children. How do we do that? Through our billing and insurance expertise that we've gained with our founding team's 20 plus years of expertise in the ABA field. We have a singular value proposition to improve your cash collection rate and velocity. We understand you because we've lived it. It's hard to battle with insurance companies. At Element, we work with all size providers from single BCBA startups to multi-state large organizations. What's our advantage? We're a billing and insurance company built by ABA owners for ABA owners. Make more money, gain more time, worry less. We help you with your core ABA business so you can do what you love. Find us online at www.elementrcm.ai. You know, I'm not in home anymore, but so my position on this has kind of changed a little bit uh, because the clinic, there's, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to it. But what I've found is that um, in the past, if I had, I'm a, I'm a pretty um, re relaxed, I don't know, uh, boss, I guess. Uh, but I've, I've never wanted to give someone the impression that they could not take time off. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why that just doesn't feel like it's my style. Because the thing that I would worry about the most is not about the time off that they take, but the weight that knowing that uh, does to them. Like if they are walking around all day and you know a, a kid comes in and uh, mom rips the tablet out of his hand right at the start, so we know we got 45 minutes of screaming that wasn't on us at all, and that person remembers I cannot take time off. It's this scary little feeling. Um, I think you know this is just a thought, uh, but it's one of those things that I feel would add to the weight of their workday, feeling like they would not be able to get time off, and I've I've begun leaning much more towards employees in scheduling matters clients and i you know we do a lot for our clients like all of you guys do as well we do a ton and i know that like if you could just say i wish the families would just do this it would make your life so much easier but you don't because you know you're you, you're being supportive for them but there is this balance of how much do you bend for families and the there are certain types of bending for families that directly negatively affect the therapist Yes. You know, there are many things that like we'll do for families that are going to have a negative effect for them. And so I found myself leaning much more towards the, the therapist employee side on some of these decisions to be like, I have to protect these people. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm sure this happened to everybody, but you'll pour your whole 
essence of being into a family. And then one day they're like, hey, we got a job in Oregon, so bye. And they're out. And you're like, I lost three employees. You know, like I sacrificed everything for this. And they were, you know, they might have been really appreciative. We, we probably made, a, you know, a ton of progress with their child. But to them, it's another service, you know, for some families. For some families, it's another service. And it's just part of it. It's just like a school. Like, who really cares? And then at the at the stake of a therapist that's been with us for years, you know, so I found myself really being like, when those decisions come up, I'm going to be more protective over them um, because I, I I need them to not burn out. Like I need them to not really falter. So I'll, I'll let, you know, people take off when they, they uh, want, I would be more firm with a family about those things than an employee for sure. I did that about a little over a week ago. I had a family that, um, like we're doing intensive services with them right now, but then they got into this program for another type of therapy that they were going to do intensively for like a few random weeks at a time. So like two, two weeks this month, three weeks next month, one week the following month. So it's like a three week thing where they're taking off two to three weeks at a time um, in just a very hectic manner. Um, and the mom was just lighting into anybody and everybody about how awful we are about, you know, saying we can't guarantee their spot or we can't guarantee their therapist because they've, they haven't been with us that long. Um, they're very happy with their BCBA and their, their techs. Um, they love, they're very happy with us, but she was just lighting into me and I'm very much a pushover personality type. Um, but I said, you know, so here's, I, I just need you to understand where we're coming from. So I said, imagine, so your, your child is getting, um, currently, you know, 20 hours of therapy from this particular therapist. And when you're gone, she's, you know, or 25 hours, I think even, um, I said, so you're, your child being gone accounts for more than half of her paycheck um, being gone. And, and if you're gone for two weeks, that's like an entire paycheck where she doesn't get those, those 50 hours of work that she's paid for. Um, and I, and she's like, I gave plenty of notice. I think she gave like two weeks notice was not plenty of notice, but um, you know, I said, I just need you to understand like where the therapists are coming from. This, this can cause a, a tech to quit because they're not getting their income that, that seems unstable. It, you know, and it's, um, I do understand that you're wanting to do this intensive therapy and I absolutely am supportive of your decision to want to choose that for your child. Um, I think that's great. I'm fully supportive of you wanting to do that if that's what you want to do and you think that your child's going to make progress in X, Y, and Z areas, which are not things that we work on specifically because it's not our, our field. Um, I think that's great. And I said, but you have to understand that, you know, it is, it is a business and it is a job, you know, and I said, what I will do proactively is I am going to, you know, talk to the BCBA on the case. I'm going to talk to um, anyone that this um, RBT is supervised under and see if they have openings and see what admin tasks we have for the time being. I said, I'm going to actively choose and be proactive to try and help this, this technician out to make sure that she has enough work while you're out. I said, but I just need you to understand like why we don't guarantee it hundred percent because stuff happens. And if we don't, we can't come up with enough things for this, this tech to do and they don't feel like they're getting sufficiently paid for all this extensive time that you're out doing this intensive therapy then, you know, they may quit or they may, you know, um, be really unhappy or may choose not to want to work with you anymore kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, she, I talked her off a ledge, but I, I you know, just needed her to say it's not where we don't have like blanket policies. I said, this is a policy to support the staff. It's not about you taking a vacation or about you um, doing intensive therapy that you think is important. I think that's great, but I think you have to also understand this is her job and her livelihood and you're just taking more than half of it out of her day, you know. Um, so that's all I was asking for, but yeah, yeah, it's, um, 
I, I've tried to sort of like for me, I, you know, everyone's messed with cancellation policies for families, you know. Yeah. Summer is always a pretty unique uh, for that. Um, and where I've landed right now, uh, I, I like it. We'll see how it plays out. But my policy now is that if the family cancels more than 20% of scheduled sessions over three consecutive months, uh, that's where we'd have to have a discharge conversation. Mm-hmm. However, the first month I can send a little extremely polite notice of being like, Hey, just letting you know, you were at 20, you're over 20% this month. No worries. Um, just a reminder that at three consecutive months of this rate, um, we will have to discuss discharge or referring out or putting things on hold until, you know, schedule sort sort out. Um, that way it's allowed parents to go on like vacations. You know, we've had some families who will go on like a month long mm-hmm. vacation and I am like, that's okay. That's okay because they will not be doing this for multiple months. And that little notice system where it's like, Hey, just letting you know, you're at 22% month, no worries, but this is uh, how we do it. So that has really allowed, it's created this tone in the air of families can take vacations. It's all good. Um, we just cannot get a consistent pattern of this. And so on the other side, you know, we have to be prepared for those vacations. Like you're saying, Robin, of, um, what are we doing with these staff while, while they're out? Um, I don't have a perfect solution for that one. Uh, but in a clinic, it's a little bit easier than in home because you have multiple people who are there. So that's one luxury clinic. Um, but I also think that Mallory was saying something earlier. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was Robin. I don't know. Someone was saying something. We're you know we're, we're paying like the admin stuff. We're really trying to you know compensate the therapist while mm-hmm. these families are out. Uh, but uh, you kind of have to plan for that stuff financially. And if you're talking about closing down a week. Yeah. You know, if that's a paid week off, even if it's not, that's that's a substantial hit. Yes. And so in order to do these things, for me, at least at my size, I would have to really plan financially for that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a good idea. But I think that it'd be nice to go into these phases of like going back to school where financially I'm like, I know there's going to be a ton of PTO. I know there's going to be a ton of admin things we're going to be paying. There's probably going to be some lunches and gift cards and whatnot, kind of preparing for this little thing financially, like maybe even having a back to school fund kind of thing where, you know, we set up something that I can save throughout the year or, you know, kind of for a rainy day situation. But that's my hardest part is like, I would love to give everyone a week, a week off. Yeah. Totally. You know, like who wouldn't want to do that? There's just no way we could afford that um, at all. So for me, we would just need to plan pretty extensively for that, but, but we should, I think it's a good idea. That's why we try and have like them give us 30 days when possible um, because it allows us time to plan. I mean, parents don't always follow it, but when they do, it's helpful for us to be proactive and it helps us support the staff in a better, more meaningful way. And it helps us look at the schedule and at the calendars and like who's like, I can't necessarily put an RBT on a case that's like super difficult with a lot of behaviors that they're not familiar with. Cause that'll just be a nightmare. Um, but if it's a, you know, if there are client options or things that they can do around the center or admin things, I mean, I'm not going to be able to come up with 60 hours worth of admin tasks. It's just not going to happen. The amount of time it would take for me to come up and micromanage to come up with a list of things for someone to do, it, it would be impossible. But like we did have a little bit of luck recently with being able for that family, being able to find things for that tech to do. Um, but it was stressful. I mean, 
but and then also like the therapist decided to take you know a week off and she's going to go to a friend's wedding and so that's great so that's one less stressful week that i have to worry about for her but um you know it's just it's a hard transition um but i, I was going to say too another thing that we do like when school starts <clears throat> because um like when school starts things you know the kids have like you said more sometimes they have more behaviors when they transition into starting school for the first time so like you know, like Mallory said that the sleep isn't happening great. Like the kids aren't ready for like my bus comes for my kids at six to six thirteen in the morning um, for my daughter. And so she got up bright and early. Um, they they sleep in their clothes, like it's like a whole thing. Um, there's not a lot of time in the morning. Um, so but it's hard. Those kids that are getting up early, taking the bus, coming home from school after, you know, trying to pay attention in school and coming home and having, you know two hour sessions, three hour sessions after school, like those kids are tired. Sometimes like you're saying, they're, they're falling asleep. Um, they're having a lot of behavior issues. Um, and the parents are like, oh, this isn't gonna work. We can't do ABA or whatever. But a lot of times we'll try and, you know, focus on the things that the families can work on, which is like the sleeping habits, focus on, um, you know, seeing what the options are. Some kids like by the time school's over, if they're on medication, it's already worn off. Um, you know, so they'll have more attention problems at, you know, during after school sessions. Um, so sometimes talk to their doctor, seeing if, if that can be tweaked, if that's even an issue at all. Um, and then allowing, um, the RBTs to bring up, you know, issues with the BCBA on their cases. If the kid's having these huge increases in behavior, um, they have the ability to kind of go back to pairing or going back and decreasing the demands that they're normally doing on the, during the sessions, like still taking data cause we have to do that, but like being a little bit more flexible, um, in the in how we're structuring the sessions when we're at the beginning of the school year just to give the kids some some grace on our end and also help the techs not go crazy with giant spikes in behavior due to other things that are outside of our control um that's not necessarily their fault for this kid having this giant you know behavior burst because they're absolutely. very tired or, yeah absolutely yeah. um i want to circle back around we have we kind of were we have a shortened time together today since uh, we had those technical difficulties at the beginning but um so i will be wrapping up soon but i did want to kind of go back to the idea when derek was talking about uh the policy um that you have for like cancellation the 20 percent across several months anyways when you were talking about that and then i think robin or someone said something else about like a procedure that they have in place um so that kind of led me to think about the transition as us as bcba business owners like what can we do to support us in supporting our team and the families during that transitionary time and of course like you know we could talk a whole nother podcast and we have quite a few podcasts on like mindfulness and self-help skills and um you know like taking time for yourself and all of that all of those things right um but i'm wondering too if like setting goals and procedures and policies and stuff in place for us as business owners during that transitionary time could be a helpful thing. Um, what are you guys last thoughts for today on, on that topic? Clients who partner with Erica's billing services maximize their reimbursements while increasing overall profitability. Our team of experts is experienced in all areas of ABA billing and can help your office whether you're an existing practice or a new startup. We bill claims to the insurance company for services of ABA, speech therapy, and occupational therapy. We submit authorization for initial assessments, ongoing treatment, and routine visits. 
We like to help ease this burden on providers by offering benefit checks. We call to follow up on claims that are not paid, denied, or stuck in processing after 30 days to make sure these claims are worked until they are paid. We provide account receivable reports to help show providers exactly where their financials and claims stand each month. Find out more at ericasbillingservices.com. I definitely know one of my goals for this um, this summer was to hire a scheduler. Mm-hmm. And very, very, you know, like I'm pushing it because summer's almost over. I did hire a scheduler and she's helped. And that really did. I, I mean, I know it took off a huge load from me going into the transition back to school. Um, I think that I agree with you. I think every transition needs some type of like, you know, direction. Um, where is this transition going? If I set goals for myself, um, and I, and I specifically did set that goal because the, um, preparing for summer was really difficult, was really difficult this year. Um, because I, unfortunately I had a lot of staff who already were like, I need this time off. I need this time off. I need this time. You know what I mean? So I mean, it was very apparent to me that I was like, okay, this is the direction I need to go. I need to hire a scheduler. So yes, I think that that was, you know, my goal for the summer. And I definitely, I mean, I, I met it and she's amazing and it's definitely helped. Um, I think that when I talked about even having like the in-service, I think that that would be, I mean, so amazing April to even think about having, um, my staff, you know, in, in some time be able to kind of like, um, you know, visualize and set goals for ourselves like, you know, what for the summer or for the fall, you know, personal goal, uh, you know, professional goal and, you know, what, what all doing there. I, I give my text goals already professionally, right. In the field, but it doesn't necessarily always match up with what they want for themselves either. Um, professionally, right. Like they oftentimes feel like very, um, they don't feel as confident in certain areas where I see them. I'm like, Oh, that's not even my concern. Like you're doing amazing at that this is actually what I want you to work on this, you know, this goal is what I want you to work on. Um, but I think, yeah, if we can give them some space to be able to do that themselves, um, that would be really great. Um, I mean, we, we need to practice a little bit more ABA with our, with our employees, right. Um, with our techs, certainly for sure. Um, I think that just kind of the last thing I want to say is that, um, I think that some schools are doing, extended school year. And I don't know, I know in Washington, they do extended school year. And the thing is, is when I have a client who gets appropriate extended school year, we don't have these major shifts and transitions, right? Um, In Hawaii, there were several schools that were year round, but I also really would love to be able to collaborate with some of the teachers um, and figure out how Hawaii does it. Because essentially they would go and evaluate a child and they would say, this child actually can't go X amount of days without services before they start to see regression. And so I had a very difficult case and she couldn't go three days without services. So even though, you know, it was a year round school, so the consistency was already there, right? I did, we didn't ever have these major shifts and transitions. And it is really difficult to try to get, you know, the traditional, you know, nine month out of the year school schedule to fit, you know, or our kids fit in that because it's like, well, if we don't have extended school year or they do. And I mean, I think I had one client this year that had a week, you know, a week randomly in the middle and it just really wasn't beneficial. It would have been more beneficial just to do ABA. So it, it would be really great if we could 
work together and collaborate with the school districts, you know, and teachers to be able to say like, okay, what does this look like? How can we all work together to support, you know, the children? Because they see it too. I mean, they're going through the same transition, you know, essentially we are in school as well because their kiddos are coming back from a whole summer maybe less if they've gotten ABA consistently through the summer, but, um, yeah, that would be really great. Maybe, maybe, no, I just said maybe another. Yeah, definitely. I I would love that because we actually did that with our agency, not coordinating with schools, but just within our agency to support schedules and to support our conversation with parents. As far as this is why we don't want to have too many breaks longer than X amount of time. We looked at the retention mm-hmm. rate and we looked at multiple data points on, on behavior, especially kids who maybe, um, you know, had regression more like more severe or like their behaviors were more like extreme from one end to the other. And you could really see that change with with X amount of days of no services in between. So yeah, that's, I, I just wrote this on my list because I was like, oh yeah, we did that. But you know, sometimes we forget that that's not even a thing to talk about because it becomes normal. Um, but I do think that is a really good point too, as far as like, how long can they go without receiving some kind of service and, you know, and coordinating with a school sounds like an excellent idea. One of the things that I've thought about recently after the chaos of this summer, um, so it's not particularly about going back to school, but I don't know, it might be helpful, is that like, obviously we as a business owners, um, I don't know, like we're really small. I don't have like admin staff. Um, I just kind of do everything myself. My BCBA, she helps a lot with things as well. Uh, but that's the stuff that like, it just drains on me. You know, like it just, I'm on my computer all day. I'm on the phone all day. You know, I'm like, I'm talking to people and I don't know. So one, one thing, this is an idea and I'll let you guys know how it goes once I roll, if, if I roll it out. But, you know, we were talking about admin tasks for uh, therapists when, you know, families call out and I'm sitting here doing these stupid tasks that I have to do, you know, and I'm like, someone else could do this. Yeah. Like this is easy. I only hate it because it's one of 300 things I have to do today, but this by itself is not hard um, at all. So one thing I'm really starting to, the wheels are turning on it, uh, is for me to look at the tasks that I do and uh, my like head BCBA, because she does a lot of admin stuff, and be like, which of these things can we pass off another person that are not super time sensitive, mm-hmm. they need to get done, but it doesn't have to be right now. That so therefore, if uh, clients don't cancel that day, everyone's doing direct sessions. If they do cancel, well, you got a task that you and I have worked out. You can do it. I can look to make sure that we have enough time out where you know clients are calling out enough that you know this will get taken care of. And that way, it's not just coming up like what Robin said, coming up with thirty hours of admin work. That's going to take me three hundred hours to come up with that work. I'm trying to look at it this way of being like, yeah, this isn't that much fun, but compared to either going home, not getting paid, or having a difficult uh, session, I guarantee a lot of RBTs would take this stuff for little bits of their day. It could actually add variety and be a little bit more stimulating than just the same sessions over and over again. So that's one of my ideas for myself to be like, hey, I'm going to lose it. Is there a way I can come up with a system? So I'll share how that goes if and when I roll it out. But um, I don't know, I'm going to toss that to you guys so you can chew on it as well, so you can come up with anything. Yeah, I think definitely having um, admin staff has helped. I mean, I think they have their own struggles and, you know, there's some growing pains with that too on like training and, you know, keeping them from getting too burnt out too. But I think, you know, there were 
strengths that I had and very much weaknesses. Like scheduling was something I struggled with. I I'm not good with technology like Mallory. So I would sit there and I would have all these pieces of paper written out with all this, all people's availability and which client lives in this part. And then I would have these piles. I'd be sitting, it's very ADD. This is, this is me. I would sit in a circle on the floor with pieces of paper around me in a circle and locations and whose availability and then like match them up if they would line up. It was horrible. I'd be sitting there crying like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to figure out how to staff these things. But like block scheduling helped a lot. Having a scheduler helped a lot. Um, a scheduler that's a type A personality. I will say schedulers were one of the hardest things to keep uh, filled because there was a high toner turnover rate with it because um, before we did block scheduling, <clears throat> the therapists were just willy nilly and the clients were just willy nilly with what their availability was. And um, <clears throat> it made it really hard to coincide in staff cases. Um, so block scheduling, having a scheduler, having someone that um, if your day is too interrupted by like constant phone calls, you can hire someone that's a, it helps you answer phones. You can create a script for, um, intake, you know, questions and like, this is what you do. And you fill out this form on our website and, um, you know, thanks to Stephen Smith, we have forms on our website. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, directing them, there's a lot like new client calls, like most of them, like an admin staff can handle that and screen that and have a script. <clears throat> and, you know, if it's a client complaint, then someone else can handle that kind of thing. But, um, there are tasks that you do every day that you don't have to do every day. Um, and you can hire someone else. I mean, I've, I've, you know, been on vacations with my family and I'm sitting there at a ride at Disney and I'm taking work calls. Um, and I'm doing, um, an auth request for Aetna because that's just when that person was available and I had to be the one that answered the phone call. So, I mean, that's, you know, setting boundaries for yourself, finding things that, um, you do well, finding things that you don't do well, or finding things that you hate that are easy enough that someone else can help you do them. Um, so that your day can end at a certain point so that you're not always working and so that you're not, not up till five in the morning trying to figure out who's going to fill this slot on Tuesday at 3 p.m. You know, so um, it, it helps. It, it helps. <laughs> Absolutely. Those are all amazing ideas for, for goals for heading into this new school year. Yes. Write, write your dream job. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just going to say. We actually have, um, I I know the most recent one was like delegating. We yes. had a podcast on delegating, but one of Steven's um, big uh, sayings is like, what's your dream job? Like you as an ABA business owner, like you have that ability. You can make your dream job. You know, what do you want? Make a list of like what you want, what you hate, what you don't really know how to do, but maybe you want to learn, but you don't have enough time to do it all and learn, you know, like all those things. So yeah, definitely that reminded me of that, Robin, like make your dream job. Like, what do you want to do? Like, you know, so, well, um, I guess that's probably it for today. Cause yep. I want to respect your time and I really appreciate you guys being here today. And I know, um, you're busy, especially since it's the month of August, <laughs> we're definitely all busy. Um, so any, if any of you guys listening, um, or watching later yep. on just um feel free to um uh comment or what on youtube so it'll be like on youtube and like subscribe comment yeah, yeah. share yeah all the tell things. us tell okay. us what your goals are for the school year yep. and how you support your staff and um and i'm definitely going to be looking uh at doing a transition podcast here soon because i think that would be a great idea um on all levels of business owner you know staff and clients and how we can all like transition because i'm i just realized i mean i guess i knew it all always but i just realized in this conversation that 
transitioning to summer is not the only transition throughout the year that we have. So yeah. it just seems like the biggest one, I think, because yeah. the most time goes, you know, yeah. awry. I don't know. Yeah, we're all completely throwing our schedules out the window or we're at the mercy of other people throwing their schedules out the window. (laughs) So, um, but anyways, I thank you guys so much for coming today and I look forward to our time together next month. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Hopefully it was helpful. If you would like to gain access to this entire video and actually our entire library of videos, please join our ABA Business Leaders membership. You can find that at www.3piesquare.com. Thank you.